buddies. Welcome to the Boy Heidi Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. We're here to talk to y'all about some more pop culture detritus. Bill, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Annie was just complaining about how she's been... I thought, you know what? When I was compiling the show notes this week, I thought for sure this is going to be the first week in about two months that we were going to get away without even mentioning the word Lego. But right no. before we started recording, Annie started talking about... Um, she was complaining about how, what, the, you're following the... Lego Twitter feed? No, I just glance at the Lego Twitter feed, and it's all license bullshit, which of course it is, because the bulk of, of Lego stuff is license oh, bullshit. Oh, yeah. Well, so, uh, one of them. Then I was going to bring up the fact that just uh, last night, right before I went to bed, I started watching on uh, Netflix. Uh, they actually have a Lego documentary. It's just like a half hour. I think it's just called like the Lego Story or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the top, like, you know, when you fire up Netflix. It's, it's one of the first things they throw in your face. And uh, they talk about how, like, just even 10 years ago, Netflix was... Or, not Netflix. Uh, Lego was on the ba- uh, brink of bankruptcy. And yeah. they specifically mention... Um, they kind of skirt around the issue, but they kind of make it sound... like They talk about how they went from 10 years ago from being on the uh, brink of bankruptcy to suddenly being, like, this huge... Like, they're growing, like, double digits growth every yeah. year now. And the one thing they kind of skirt around... Uh, which is, you know, the main reason why they're so popular these days is the fact that they do all this licensed stuff. They yeah. talk about how they, like, kind of streamlined the business before, uh, like, one of the funny things they actually attribute to the success of Lego now is they brought in this new guy right before, right, right before they were about to go bankrupt. They brought in, like, this young 36, uh, 36-year-old CEO to take over the company and, like, streamline the company. One of the first things he said was, not only do we have to do more license stuff, but we have to make it so all the kits we sell from now on, we have to, like, divide the number of pieces, or the the, the, the variety of pieces that could be used in the construction of these sets by half, so we can save a lot of money by only making half as many pieces. Or yeah. at least not make, not the number of pieces, but the style of pieces, so we can get sure. rid of some of these, you know, because every new piece is, like, uh, yeah. that comes from Lego requires, like, special machinery. Absolutely. And so, like, the sets that you buy now, the Lego sets you buy in the stores now, are actually only made with half as many of the variety of pieces as, as sets from, like, uh, yeah. ten years ago. Which yeah. must drive collectors nuts, because there's got to be a shitload of pieces that you just can't get anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, and then they kind of skirt around the fact that, like, almost everything Lego sells these days is licensed. So. Well, probably because they can't talk about license shit, because then they have to get Well, the they don't want to call attention to it, the fact that, like, the only reason people are buying Lego, well, not the only reason, but a giant part, you know, because it's Harry Potter, because it's Star Wars, and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. So. Well, I, uh, on Friday, I was having a real hard time at work, so I took a break, and I read a PDF manual on advanced Lego construction techniques. <laughs> what the it hell was fascinating. <laughs> fascinating what's advanced like what's so like you just stick the pieces together all blindfolded or what no see like the the first like the you could argue the least advanced advanced lego construction technique is snot construction snot standing for studs not on top so there are like some modified bricks where the studs are on the face of the brick and also they're like all sorts of ver- like there are all sorts of ways to get around and it basically allows you to do things like have parts at angles or have parts like sitting on top of other parts and it really does expand the ability of your construction beyond well, this is just the thing you were talking about all the acronyms are obviously written by dudes cuz they're all ridiculous like 
Well, there's another one called Dumb Topless. Shit. Yeah, Topless. That's yeah. about, it's actually kind of interesting. It's basically about how instead of connecting the bricks together, each Lego brick has on the top of it these little round pieces that are actually what are what click into the other bricks. Yeah. And the space between those round pieces is the same as the thickness of a Lego brick. So instead of stacking them, you slot the the flat side of the Lego brick between the two circles. That's weird. That's what topless construction books. Well, that's not one of the other things in this Lego documentary too. They talk about for like the first twenty years of Lego's existence, all the pieces were hollow. They didn't yeah. click together. They were just hollow th- pieces that you stacked on top of each other. But if yeah. you just like blew on them, they'd all fall down. And I guess somebody at the country uh, at, at that thing said, "Okay, well, what if like these little studs on top?" What if we actually, like, put, like, stuff on the bottom of the bricks that actually, like, made it so you can stick the bricks together on top of each mm-hmm. other? And that's when they attribute, like, suddenly they're, like, that that was the defining moment of the Lego company. And that's when we suddenly became our own thing. We started selling bazillions of bricks. And, yeah. So. I'm so mad because, Bill, it turns out we just missed the Lego convention here in Portland. What? It was called Bricks Cascade, I think. Something what? like that. It was at the convention center in June. We missed it, Bill. Well, just at the height of our Lego passion. Yep, I know. Yeah. I, I oh man, sad. this week you started freaking out about how. So you said on like was it on August first the new Lego sets come out? How did you find out about this? Well, I'm not saying like okay. Here's the thing. I didn't want to say on August first new Legend of Chima Fire and Ice set comes out. <laughs> that means new Bet Nights because that's too. That's so, not a succinct tweet so on wait, Lego.com. So the, the Chima this Chima series is the series that where you're getting all these animal people from, right? Correct. Okay. It so is a fantasy what's, series involving What's new animals. in the Legend of Chima Fire and Ice series? Well, you see... Is it like polar bear people? Man, I don't actually know... Okay, my saving grace with all this shit is that I do not <laughs> know the canon of the Chima universe. Yeah. But, I can tell you this, there are all of a sudden a bunch of fire and ice theme sets. Fire being these fire eagle people? Yeah. And then, who I presume are allied with our friends, the um, gorillas, wolves, and lions. Mm-hmm. And though it seems like maybe the crocodiles are now their allies too, I'm very confused. They have these new foes that are these ice critters that are saber-toothed tigers and vultures and Aww. woolly mammoths. So, I got in an eBay bidding war last night for uh, one of the fire people is this lady lion, mm-hmm. and the, the the there are only, like, maybe five female characters in the Chima line out of, like, God, like, 50 characters, so the, they're precious and rare, and I was like, gotta get this lion lady, and I don't want to buy the hundred and... $30 set that she comes with. So I'm like, well, I'll just wait for her on eBay. And I saw the first American eBay listing for her. Right now, I got outbid. She's at like $24. And fucking smack me in the face if I pay essentially pay $24 for a Chimo, Chima head. For a yeah. Lego minifigure head. Aww. For Christ's sake. Tricks on them. Found it on Brinklink for ten dollars. But you it. mentioning uh, the August first thing with new Legos coming out got me uh, looking to see what I. So I guess August uh, August first is they're actually refreshing a whole bunch of their stuff, and mm-hmm. I saw they're actually adding a whole bunch of new Star Wars stuff, including a Lego Cantina Star Wars set. Seriously? Yeah, which I'm kind of remember. The, the terrible thing is, like, I thought it would like. You, like the promotional pictures, it's like a like a lengthwise cutaway of the Lego Cantina set. And I thought I was hoping you kind of fold it together to create like a whole like interior of the of the Lego yeah. Cantina. You can't quite do that, 
But part of me wants what part of me I'm already kind of thinking about this is I finally buy that French Parisian restaurant Lego yeah. set that I've been thinking about. And then I buy the Lego Cantina. Well, what I do is I actually replace the inside of the Parisian restaurant with Cantina stuff. That's and also the great. patrons would be a little less. I don't know why I think this is so funny that they have like Lego, you know, Han and Greedo ready to shoot each other inside this Parisian restaurant. Bill, as someone who has spent a lot of time putting mm. Chima figures in Lone Ranger sets, yeah. I see no problem with that. <laughs> I just kind of, well, at least you kind of replace all like the, the, the human earthling, you know, food utensils with like, you know, Star Wars, you know, stuff from the bar. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's appealing to me for some strange reason. I can understand that, my friends. So, yeah. Now not that I've been contemplating spending even more hundreds of dollars on Lego, but no, that's cool. I'm glad to see they got new stuff coming out that you're looking forward Man, to. Uh, hold on just a moment. I just need to, uh, oh, yeah. I've been holding that in all morning. Oh. I looked just casually at, I was trying to track something that I had ordered on eBay, a Lego yeah. thing I'd ordered on eBay, so I popped on my eBay listing, and just looking at my recently bought, just seeing those totals, I'm like, son of a bitch. I don't want to do the math on Do you think you spent $1,000 yet? No. Okay, well, that's not too bad then. If I had spent $1,000, I think my wife would no longer be with me. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I mean, just, getting... but that's the thing, to, between the Monster Mansion that I've kind of been contemplating, the Parisian restaurant that I've been contemplating, and now the Star Wars Cantina right there, that right there is probably better part of, that's got to be almost $400 or two right there. I will both, say this. Yeah, I know. I'm probably so. getting closer to $1,000 That's the other not. thing. I wish. <laughs> I know, exactly, yeah. Well, this is the other thing. I kind of wish Lego was going bankrupt so they'd lower their prices just a touch. Because like, no. I still can't believe they charge this much for tiny Dude. little plastic pieces. Dude, the smaller it is and the more detail it is and the more consistency. You need to get involved in manufacturing for just like two minutes. I'm just Madrid. saying, for a $225 sea cow, the pirate ship from the Lego movie set, that shit should fucking light up, give me a blowjob. I'm just saying for like. Uh huh. Well, the yeah. other thing is, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I got a super boner for the uh, Star Wars Sandcrawler set just because of all the robot droids it comes with. But then I was like, oh, well, then I could just buy the individual droids from uh, Bricks and Minifigs for yep. two thirds of the price the actual set would cost me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. at that rate, I might as well just spend the extra 70 bucks and buy the whole set and then just have the sand crawler. Yeah, so I can actually put yep. them in. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. anyway, what else? What else is going on? Man, That's so yesterday. No, I'm going to continue. Let me oh talk my God. Yesterday, I um. So I've been. There, the part of my Lego struggle has been. Your what Lego the hell? struggle? Is that your name of your autobiography? That's the what list? I'm calling her. Right my now. Lego struggle. Has been, what the hell do I store this shit in? Yeah. Because it's a, a garbage kid, can. I, my family had just a big, like, Rubbermaid, like, 20-gallon container yeah. that we kept all our Lego in. And as an adult, I kind of want to be able to compartmentalize parts and pieces so I can find them. Because so much of Lego construction is, oh, I just need this one piece. Yeah. So I've been trying all these things. I was looking at tackle boxes and shit, and, like, all these toolboxes and shit. And finally, I realized what I need is, a, like, a screw organizi- organizer or, like, a fastener organizer. Which um, usually they sell to like mechanics and stuff and the carpenters because it's it's basically just pa- plastic like um, organizer. You're with not talking about like a tackle little... box though. You're still talking about like like a big cubic no. thing with drawers in it, right? It's not dissimilar from this little thing that mm-hmm. will totally not work for anyone listening to our podcast. 
yeah. where it's like you're a little organizer with oh, it's like a little plastical it. plastic desk desktop like yeah it's okay yeah except not because they make them for um garages and shit yeah where well, they're imagining huge. this it's essentially like a tiny plastic filing cabinet sort of yeah ish with the removable like little um, units that you can that are clear so that way I can organize my shit I can put all my snot pieces in one bin I can put all my one by two tiles I love the bin. fact you're actually using the, the Lego lingo too it's not just now like, I'm yeah. thinking Bill do oh I sort God. them by color or here's by my, type here's my macaroni pieces here's my <laughs> three by four you know exactly flesh colored pieces for when I make a make, make a like a, 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 a live in Sex slave? Maybe I spent a fair amount of time on eBay last, yesterday looking for one by two by two third pieces. I'm just saying. What do you need those for? Um, for siding for my houses, Bill. Come You're on. also still thinking about building that goddamn western bar, too, huh? Oh, yeah. Although I don't want to build it. I want to build... Because what I want is I want to build something... I want to build pieces that um, are... Like a visual unit sort of thing, but you can either open them up or the backs are visible or open so that I can shoot photos in them because I'm a ridiculous cartoon. See, and I that's actually pretty cool. If, you're not, if you're not just building Lego sets just to play with, but you're actually kind of like document them a little bit, that's pretty I gotta cool. make bet in. So I'm working, I'm almost done with my um, livery. That's my first from whole cloth piece. <laughs> what kind of horses are you getting? Uh, I just, I have a bunch of horses, just a bunch of horses. So I did order some cows, I ordered some more third-party Lego parts, I ordered some cows. Annie, all I'm saying is that the cantina set comes with a do-back. Do you need a do-back? Do-back is not a cow, Bill. It's still writable. It's true. Well, I already have these weird little critters from one of these, um... Are the, uh, the cows writable? Do they have, like, little yeah. studs on the back? Why yeah. would you want to ride a cow? Well, you wouldn't necessarily want to ride them, but you could, like, with the bull in particular, you could want to have that pull something, like yeah, on a farm set or something. Yeah, that's true, too. motherfucker, step off! Oh, God, Legos. So. I can't believe... I, I, I would have never guessed six months ago that this essentially turned into a Lego podcast. Guess what? I have an addictive personality. I need to focus on something. Why not? And I love it. I'm trying to enable you, too. Like, hey, Annie, let's go out to break some minifigs again. You know, I still... I'm still... Uh, I Just uh, two weekends ago, I started working on my... Uh, Simpsons Lego House, and all I've done so far, uh, it's over there on the other side of the room, so I'm not going to grab it, but I, I do have, I've finished the Simpsons car, and the next step is to start work on the garage. Maybe I'll start work on that. Maybe not today, because I'm going to be playing Destiny, but maybe next yeah. weekend I'll start working on that stuff. Um, but anyway, so Foley and I, I found this organizer on Amazon, but mm -hmm. I was like, I kind of wanted to get it done this weekend, get all this shit put away. Yeah. So, um, cause I keep taking all, cause right now I just have an array of little boxes that were attempted solutions, but I have to dig through multiples to get the parts I want. And even if I organize it, it's still, get, I have to dump it all out and it's just this huge pain. So I keep dumping things out and organizing them to build and then having to dump them back in and it's a huge nightmare. And I'm like, well, I may as well just go and grab this organizer. We went to like four shops trying to find this fucking simple piece. So your Saturday no was luck. going all over town trying to find an organizer for your Lego pieces. Pretty much. That and seeing a friend of the podcast, Jimmy Pressler, pick up his suit from Duchess. Oh, you went with him. Is it what a did you take some photos? Ass motherfucker. My yeah. camera died, but Foley took a picture of it. Oh man, too. if he were he should have worn that shit out and like danced down the street like five hundred days of summer. <laughs> Something like that. He looks really, really handsome. He's yeah. So cute. 
Oh, is it like a three, nice... Does he have like a little vest, like a three piece suit and everything? Oh hell yeah, son! If you're getting a suit from Duchess, you're getting all three pieces, motherfucker. Yeah, no. For people who don't know, Duchess is like the premier kind of like fancy clothing, good fancy well, clothing place in town here in Portland. Their Oregon. specialty is that they do vintage style suits. Yeah. So it's not just I want a suit; it's I want an Edwardian suit. I want like a mid century suit. Yeah, I if want, you want to like look a... like a badass, if you want to look cool. But these styles are so timeless that even though they're from a very specific period in history that when you get them in all these different fabrics with all these different linings they can really look amazing are you gonna go duchess for your wedding next year foley's getting a duchess suit i'm not wearing a suit motherfucker what are you gonna do i still think you'll look great in a suit i would look great in a suit bill i'm getting a fucking dress bill it's my wedding i'm not gonna rob you into a dress i just didn't know if you're gonna get a dress i ain't that butch motherfucker that i'm gonna get married in a dress come on yes Anyway, um, uh, so the other thing I did this week was um, I played a little bit of Gods Will Be Watching. The fuck um, is this? Gods Will Be Watching was a really interesting game that was made in one of the um, Ludum Dare um, challenges. Oh, where... that's how you pronounce it? I always thought it was Ludum Dare. I could, I presume Ludum Dare just because it's Latin. Yeah, okay. And in Latin it would be Dare, so maybe I, I will be willing to be wrong. You Catholic but anyway, motherfucker. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, what, what's, what's which the is a, well, the ch- Ludum Daria challenge or Ludum Dare challenge is to make a game within, I think, like 72 hours. Yeah. And so they made this game called Gods Will Be Watching where you are a commander of a downed spacecraft on this alien planet that has this virus, um, wreaking havoc on it. And you have, I think, 30 days before a rescue chopper comes and saves y'all. You can try and fix the radio to expedite that um, process, but um, you there's a robot on your team, and it can fix it, like, maybe a little bit, like, mm-hmm. maybe 5%. You have a, like, actual engineer, and he can fix it, like, 8%. You have a psychiatrist who's married to the engineer. She can help calm the whole team by having a group therapy thing. Mm. You have a doctor. The doctor can make medicines to um, uh, stave off the infection, the illness. Mm-hmm. And you have a soldier who can hunt using uh, his laser rifle. Mm-hmm. You have limited ammo. And then you have meats. a dog. Yeah, You can have a dog that can go hunting, but has not as great a success rate. At the same time, every day you can only do five actions, and it's one for every member of your team that's still alive. Every day? You can, is that like within like it would like t- like a time unit within the game? Not like you, uh, real world days, huh? It's not real world day world no. days. It's like when you start you have five members of your team, excluding the robot. Yeah. And so that means you have five actions. If one of That's your team members okay, yeah. dies, you have four actions. And uh what there's a fire. You have to light the fire when it burns out, or else y'all freeze to death. You have to have enough food what or morale to save. you playing this on? This was a web based based game. Oh, okay. And it's so a browser based everything. Game. Yeah, you can play it online. Okay. So um, it's it's kind of interesting, and so the, and I like the name is Gods Will Be Watching because it's yeah. like this whole thing of you're making it's a terrible decision simulator. There are only terrible decisions <laughs> to be made. It's like, well, we can all starve tonight, but I have to yeah. talk to everyone, keep their morale up, and oh, I put out the fire accidentally. No, we all froze to death. Okay, I'm gonna start over. Okay, well, the psychiatrist is about to go insane. If she goes insane, then her husband, the mechanic, will be really bummed out. Whoops, I forgot. And I, I use love all the soldiers. I love ammo. games with that mechanic that's one of the things i like about papers please is trying to manage your home life when everything's falling apart there and there's no good decision you can make it's it's always one bad decision versus another yeah 
So they came out, that was just like, it was just the, a little self-contained experience. You really, it was very difficult to almost impossible to win. Yeah. It's just more about the experience and the morality of the decisions you have to make and all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. It's not really meant to be won per se. So they just released the full game. They, they went ahead, it was claimed enough that they did a full game, um, released through Devolver Digital, and it's... <laughs> The first, it's it's a couple of chapters. I have no idea how long it is because I'm stuck on chapter two. Um, the first chapter is you are a, um, uh, you're in a hostage situation where you are holding four people hostage. <laughs> there are soldiers advancing on the are room. Are you still like on the moon or whatever? Well, it's all space based. Oh, okay, so okay. I can't I remember where you are. Turned into a, like a whole different real world scenario. Or oh something. no, okay, this yeah. is you, you are part of a terrorist organization called Xenolifer. And, uh, the, uh, so you're, so you're, you're holding four people hostage. There are soldiers advancing on the room turn by turn. You have a hacker who is slowly, the objective is to let him fully hack into the system. Now you can just let him keep going and it'll take a long damn time. Uh You can boost hack him, which you, which you have a percentage of failing unless you like uh, ramp it up a little bit, which consumes turn. And um, you also have your security levels, which if they dip too low, they can counter hack against you, and you lose your progress in hacking. What is this game? Like this the four is hostages. Nuts. Well, it's basically it's a plate spinning simulation. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, all yeah. everything's wobbling, like, and you have to completely different from like what you're talking about. Where it's like, oh, okay, well, we've got like Gilligan's Island, like four, like five different people crashed like on a well, planet with like right by a fire. Now it's, it's not. Like, like, this it's super not Gilligan's Island. Thing. Well, it's not about the scenario. It's about well, the decisions that you make. I know, it's about decisions. And... and this is a situation where you yeah. have to decide. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to try and boost hack right now, but the percentage is too low. It just killed my security. So now they're counter-hacking against us. The hostage, This hostage is really stressed out and is about to have a nervous breakdown. But this hostage is really calm and is about to try and take over and is about to try to attack me. Hold, please. <laughs> Annie's poop alarm just went off. It's She's okay. Gotta, she has to make an emergency deployment. Are you making bacon? You making bacon? Yeah, okay. for people who don't know, uh, Annie's wife is uh, probably cooking right now, so she just accidentally set off the fire alarm. What are you doing over there? Our house doesn't always like it when we make breakfast. Welcome. That's everyone's house in the world. That's why everyone eventually ends up like taking the batteries out of their smoke detector. No, I, I know if you, did, if you did like a poll saved. of everyone who lives in a civilized country with a uh, smoke detector, I'm sure at least like 45 percent of them would would admit it like, oh yeah, I did take out the the, the batteries out of that thing like two years ago and never put nope. them back in. Nope. Yeah. Not me, my friend. Yeah, it's funny because uh, a uh, uh, listener of the uh, friend of the podcast, Jacob. Uh, we were playing Destiny the other night, and uh, his his uh, smoke alarm was not going off, but it was doing that beep 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 thing when the batteries are low. And I think he just took out the batteries too. Anyway, so no, that sounds like a pretty cool game, though. So, is it? <coughs> how would you compare it to the Kim Kardashian game? Well, no. Here's the thing. Let me finish. So I get through Aww. that scenario. It takes me a couple of t- tries. Okay. Oh, thank you, Foley. Oh my goodness. Oh my Foley god. Has brought me Foley just delivered pancakes. like a Denny's quality breakfast plate. Oh, Foley, thank you. So hold that up yeah, for the camera. Apologies for people me. listening to the podcast at home. Foley's oh my god, pancakes, toast pancakes. Scrambled eggs. eggs, toast, shit, son. Man. 
some honey on the toast. Damn. Okay. I now now I have to talk for like five minutes, so you have time to actually eat that stuff. Uh, it's still warm. Anyway, let me get my point with Godzilla watching. So ah. I finished the first. Fuck you, motherfucker! I am getting somewhere with this. <laughs> I just so, said it's been five minutes. Oh my god. Well, let me get to this next point, you asshole, and then you can talk about Destiny for a half hour. So, um. I get to the second chapter. The second chapter is an interrogation sequence. You have been captured with a friend of yours, and you're being interrogated. Uh There are unskippable cutscenes, and your options while you're being interrogated is you can provoke the the interrogator, you can beg them to stop, Mm -hmm. you can think, which boosts your ability to lie, or you can confess. And um, your health points are diminishing as you're going through this because they're torturing you to death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And either you or your friend can die. If your friend dies, you don't lose the objective. If you die, you're fucked. And the thing is, is that the whole point of this game is failure, right? Like, you yeah. fail repeatedly and you just try to figure out. And it's part planning, part luck of whether you make it through the scenario. I went through this torture sequence for two and a half hours what? trying to get through it. And you know what? Fuck gods will be watching. I paid, I did not pay like $10 to watch my character and listen to my character have his teeth forcibly extracted. That's just not my idea of a fun afternoon. It's obnoxious. I mean, there's something. What kind of information are they trying to extract from you? Well, you're a terrorist, and so they're trying to find out about your terrorist stuff. Yeah, okay. But it's just like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? And it's kind well, of interesting. You did actually the... subject yourself to two and a half hours, though. Like you actually did even like you went to that threshold before you even I even tried. thought about saying "fuck this." I'm, I'm I'm walking away. Well, what I did was I muted whenever the sound effects were really like getting too grim. I'm just like, oh my god, this oh, is not. Yeah. And there was this moment where I'm like, I'm fucking doing this for fun, and then I stopped and played Papers Please. Yeah. So <laughs> it gave me that good old Papers Please kind of feeling. Anyway, Bill, now I'm done. What you talk about? Oh, now. I'm not dying to talk about the Kim Kardashian game. Although I was going to mention, like, there is a. When you I don't know the thing, anything like, you can only about take the Kim Kardashian game. game. It is like the Kim Kardashian game in that you can run out of energy very quickly. I forget that, like, iOS games. That's this just, is one of the reasons yeah. why I kind of stopped playing iOS games. Is so many iOS games have defaulted to this thing where yeah, uh, you have to spend a real world money to get like extra energy to keep on playing the goddamn game. And uh, yeah, so the, the whole state of iOS gaming now is just such a fucking shitstorm, which is funny because actually, the ter- have you heard about the Kim Kardashian game? No, explain this to me. I mean, I've literally heard of it, and I've heard that it's not bad. Yeah, but... that's why I kind of like, you know, like, Polygon is all being like, this is the secret best game of the summer and shit. Yeah, so I guess Kim Kardashian, by hand, herself coded an entire game. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you know, Kim K- she's been hanging around the, you know, uh, the, the Mac Developers Conference the last couple of years. She's been doing Code questions. Academy. Yeah, yeah. She's, she she keeps on top of that shit. She's not all just about getting fucked in the butt by Kanye West and having a baby. Um, so no, she has a game out now. It's uh, for yeah portable devices. It's um I don't know what it is that much because I only got, I only downloaded it last night and I I could only play until I ran out of energy. What it is that you you start off as you're not playing as Kim Kardashian. You're playing as this person who works at a fashion store in uh, Beverly Hills, and um you could be as a man or a lady. And what happens is, like, you're selling clothes, and Kim Kardashian comes in, and you, she kind of gets some free clothes off of you? She kind of comes in and says, hey, what do you think of this dress? And you're like, oh, Kim Kardashian, you're so awesome. How? Try this on. And then, like, like 
this is the alarming part of the game where it's like she she goes to pay you and like you're an employee you don't own this store but you're like oh it's on me it's on the house take our clothes it's fine and i'm like what are you gonna pay for you're gonna pay for kim kardashian's clothes out of your paycheck i mean that's not part of the game but that was just me kind of like what the fuck are you doing character um so kim kardashian becomes kind of like your friend because you've given her free clothes and mm -hmm. so she starts inviting you like to like parties and photo shoots and stuff like that and so the game becomes about how you as this playable character you have to start getting dressed up and uh for parties and for these photo shoots and stuff like this while also in order to get the money to earn these new clothes that you're getting dressed up and you have to like go back to your uh, little clothes boutique and kind of work fold shirts and stuff like that to earn the money to buy better and fancier clothes unlock new levels and stuff and uh, it kind of, aside from the energy mechanic, because I was only able to play for about half an hour before I ran out of energy, and it was one of those things where, I, you know, like you have to either pay money, real-world money, or set down the game for a couple hours before you can come back and play it again, which is bullshit. The other thing, too, is a lot of the best, a lot of the coolest clothing is hidden behind, um, there's the in-game currency that you earn from actually working in the store that you use to buy stuff, and there's the, the meta currency, the second tier, mm -hmm. which is you have to spend... You either uh, have to slowly accumulate it by doing very special stuff within the game, or the big thing is that you're they're, they're really goading you into spending real-world money to buy these uh, oh, yeah. like star coins, essentially. But all the best clothes can only be bought by... Not just not just star coins, but by huge amounts of star coins. Yeah. The first thing that like Kim Kardashian is like, I'm going to a photo shoot. If you want to come with me, maybe they'll take a couple pictures of you. But I suggest you go back home and go check out and buy some new clothes. That's what I did. I found this nice little like jean jacket top that was kind of cut off on the side. I was like, oh, how pretty. <laughs> and I was like, I tried to check out with it. And the game was like, no, you need 90 more star coins. And I was like, I only have like a star coin and a half. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Okay, well, I did find this nice little... It's kind of a slutty dress, but it kind of looked cool. It looked, looked like something Commander Shepard would wear. I was like, okay, okay, this is my second choice. That was like 45 star coins. I was like, motherfucker, the only clothing available to me is a bunch of hoodies <laughs> that I can afford. Yeah. And so I went to the photo shoot. When, when, it sounds when, like my real life, Bill. I know, exactly. <laughs> but I went to the photo shoot dressed in like a hoodies, like, yeah, hoodie and jeans. And they were like, oh, you look so glamorous. I'm like, uh -huh. game, you're fucking retarded. But yeah, I did do Bill, that, I'm so but... sorry that the Kim Kardashian game broke the fiction. Because you know, can only afford I was in bed at like 2 o'clock in the morning last night. <laughs> kind of thinking about, oh, that's a cute top. <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, actually, the artwork I actually really like. Um, when you first start off the game, you can kind of custom, you can custom create your own custom character. Well, the game is free. That's why, you know, it's a free to play thing where, you know, it's free. Technically free, it's free, but like, you know, they're, they're constantly applying you with, you know, here spend money on this stuff. So at least you can download and just check it out on a whim. Um, you know, the artwork is really nice. Like, um, the character designs for, like, I've seen a lot of people try to make fashion games geared towards women where the, the character and art aesthetic is just fucking terrible. Because yeah. mostly what happens is you get guys like me doing artwork for games like this, and I don't know anything about fashion or kind of drawing cute little female characters and stuff like that. But whoever they got to design the character for this, it's, it's actually kind of cute and fun to look at. Uh, and the environments are nice, and I don't know, I'm talking, I've already talked way too much about the Kim Kardashian game, but not. What are you talking about? No, keep going. I have a very cute playable character go. She's like a little Indian girl. She's awesome. She's badass. She's, but she's also kind of tough. Yeah, she actually looks... You know what? This is the thing. I just realized. Because, like, all the characters have, like, little these little snub noses. This mm. game kind of looks like it was designed by Conley. <laughs> like, all the characters. Something yeah. about the character design. Our friend of the podcast, Conley Smith, uh, who's also a video game uh, character designer. Uh, anyway, so the, I don't even know what the actual name of the... 
of the game is. All I did, I went to iOS, uh, the iTunes store, just typed in Kim Kardashian. Oh, but the funny thing is Kim Kardashian does show up, and the way she's drawn, it, I don't really know much about Kim Kardashian, other than her lawyer was, her father was the lawyer for O.J. Simpson, so everything oh, she's really? raised on is a lie and horrible, <laughs> but her yeah. character model, like, she's got, like, I know, like, the, like all I've heard about is that she's supposed to have a fantastic ass, and she's married to Kanye West. That's all I know about Kim Kardashian. But her character in the game is kind of, like, kind of big tits and kind of a big ass. Whoever drew her, I can imagine all the all the refinements that her character art had to go through with, a char- like, some schlubby character artist like me having to, like, well, how do we, she's got big tits, but how how big is too big? Or, like, how do we, how much do we refine her butt? And, I don't know, just all kinds of stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. Anyway. How you doing? Video games! Video well, games. that's the thing, dude. Those fucking premium games, you play them and you're like, that's ridiculous. I'm never going to spend money on this. And then maybe in, like, two weeks, yeah. you're like, this is... Oh, I can go back now. I, I Like, now that I've, my character's built up energy... Oh, sure. I can go no, back I... now and, and go back on my... Like, well, I did the photo shoot, but I didn't have enough energy to go to the party. Now I could go to the party. I'm just kind of curious <laughs> to see what happens at the party. Well, the also, goddamn... Like, um, all the other characters in the game are ridiculous because it's all supposed to be Beverly Hills and stuff, so all the, like, guys are, like, super tight little pants and stuff, and so the character design's all ridiculous, so I'm kind of curious to see what kind of freaks show up at this party. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm, uh, the only freemium game that I play is, and I've been playing for a while now, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, is Marvel Puzzle Quest. Yeah, I think you and did mention that, yeah. It's it's by the folks who did um, Puzzle Quest, and which I really enjoyed, because mm-hmm. um, they basically just staple bejeweled on top of RPG mechanics, and it really appealed to me. Yeah. And this is more like stapling bejeweled on top of Magic the Gathering. Did you say this is Marvel or Marble? Marvel. Oh, okay, so that's even more superheroes. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a fun little game, and it's, you know, they do the same thing, where you have to wait to regain energy, and they have power crystals that you can use to level up your characters, yeah. that you can earn organic, organically, or they have the dollars, the coins in-game, which you can earn, but it's really hard to... I know, exactly. Well, that's like so many games now. And if it's not that, it's constantly pushing you to... Uh, games constantly asking you if, the, if you want to push updates out to Twitter, out to Facebook, if you want to, like... Gotta monetize that shit, baby. It's just like God. That's free like those free. Games these days. Shit. I. It's man. Oh. But you gotta. I, when I download this game, I'm like, I'm never spending a single dollar on this game. Yeah. And then after a couple of days, I'm like, I would have paid five dollars for this game. Mm-hmm. I, I can spend five dollars. And Foley is so sweet and supportive. She'll go like, Let's spend. Let's go ahead. And I, I go ahead. You can have ten dollars. Go ahead. I've probably spent like thirty five goddamn dollars on that game. Uh, no, I ain't a whale, realized. but they Somebody made their gave, money off me. So a friend of mine just gave me a fifty dollar gift certificate to iTunes, and then part of me is like, hmm, that could buy me a lot of energy. <laughs> Bill, oh god, Bill, oh Bill, uh, it was a gift thing because I give hey. him so much media. He's like, here, here's here's iTunes stuff, but yeah, well, I don't know. Bill, oh, think of the tones I could get. Gift card. I don't have to worry. I don't have to run around Converse. I could actually get some high heeled shoes for my character now. Oh my god, Bill. <laughs> Anyway, the thing that Bill and I both did this week is we wa- we played some Destiny. I Playing Destiny with someone else is a lot more fun. 
Yeah, I'll say no, that that that's what I'm saying. That that is really the appeal of the whole game because mechanically the the shooting's not any different than other first person shooters or anything like that. But yeah, no, it's fun to. If nothing else, man, I had real trouble beating that first level because I played it by myself. There are other people in the level with me, but they were not assisting me. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So, so it was just like fuck it. So it was the uh, scenarios that were designed for three people were just me, and they almost kicked yeah. my ass. Well, it's also more just more fun to eat, even if you're not, even if you, the people you're playing with aren't very good. It's just nice to like just kill time with your friends, even if it's just like playing video game stuff. But yeah, if they're friends and you can actually talk to and coordinate, like that makes the world a difference, yeah. And god damn it, didn't Conley first thing run up to me and grind up on me. That motherfucker. <laughs> god damn it. Ah, Conley knows how to push your buttons. Ugh. Oh yeah, no, that was really good. I'm glad for at least, even if you never buy the, the full retail game, I'm just glad that like there was a, an online console MMO first person shooter that we have played together, which I, is something I never thought would have ever happened. I played, I played, uh, I played some Call of Duty with y'all before. Oh, no, but this is a little bit, de- like, this is kind of a little more of an investment. Th- I mean, we've played some Call of Duty together, but that's a little bit, like, you kind of jump in, and it's all competitive, we all get wiped out, and there's nothing more to talk about. Like, like, uh, just exploring a world with other people, just, that's mm-hmm. just a nice thing to do. Even aside mm-hmm. from the combat and stuff, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, over here, I found this, come here, check this yeah. out. Oh, you know, this, that's just kind of a nice, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't experienced yeah. uh, too much of that in console games, so this is yeah. kind of a nice, uh, nice change of pace. Bill, tell me about your various sundry experiences in Destiny. Um, so yeah, I played with you guys. Uh, it was like Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and uh, then I think the night after that, then I played with uh, uh, Conley's uh, husband to be Jimmy, who we just mentioned. He's the guy who just got the the, the new clothes from Duchess Clothier for the wedding. Um, he and uh, Jacob and I, we all uh, found. I can't remember who found it, but, like, there's this secret cave in the game where there's this giant ogre inside that is indestructible, and he fires lasers out of this one giant eyeball he has. Mm -hmm. And so we spent an hour. What we figured out is if he lives in this cave on the side of a cliff, and if Uh you run down the side of the cliff and into the cave, and uh, you call up your little scooter, your little speeder bike thing that you can fly around with, if you uh, generate that, jump onto the scooter, and then fly out of the cave and hit him, you can push him off the cliff, and that's how you kill him. But it's real. It's not, I don't think I don't know. I don't think he's really designed to be killed that way. It's a it's a creature that's obviously designed to be like 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 something you fight in the in the retail version of the game because he's so high level that we like we as yeah. like, level eight combatants we can't shoot him. But yeah. so yeah, we figured out like so we spent an hour just trying to shove this guy off a cliff while he's shooting us with lasers and stuff. Uh, I have a uh, I can I might actually export this, this the footage of this stuff to uh, YouTube because I recorded all you know because PS4 has that Switch functionality. But yeah, that was fucking fun. That that was most of my Thursday night, and then uh, yesterday afternoon, Jacob and Grumpy Turtle and I um, we explored the moon because as part of a as part of a special event, Bungie unlocked the moon level. Uh, just for two hours, though, they were doing a big stress test thing where they said, hey, everyone who's playing the game, if you're online at 2 p.m. tomorrow, we want to stress test the game. We want to make sure that everyone who can play the game is on at the same time. If you come and play it, we'll give you a special emblem or something like that you can use in the retail version of the game. P- plus, we're also going to unlock this brand new moon environment. So we all went to the moon. We spent almost the entire two hours just exploring the moon. It's huge. It's not that the, it's, it's just this big, vast external environment, but there's this mm-hmm. huge mining facility we found with like this crash spaceship that we just we spent like an hour just getting lost like kind of constantly just diving further down into 
And it almost seemed like endless, just constantly just exploring this environment. Again, it wasn't so much about the combat, but it was just with a couple of friends just exploring this alien world. Yeah. And that was just really fun. And they, yeah, that took us a better part of two hours to do. We got so we got so lost, we weren't even quite sure if we'd ever make it back to the surface or not, which was kind of a cool, scary feeling to get in a video game where it's kind of claustrophobic and like knowing it just took us an hour just to find our way down here and we like we have yeah. no idea how to get back up and it's just shitload of monsters between us and the surface and we don't know where yeah. we are and it's all creepy alien dark myst- mysterious shit like prometheus and yeah. it's kind of like oh but we eventually did make it back up to the surface but you know we wound up dying a thousand times on the way but it was just cool it was just I don't know, it kind of gives me chills just even thinking about it again it was an epic adventure you know what? Oh, it Billy. really kind of was it was like the goonies <laughs> so yeah no that was really cool and i i actually have do have an hour uh, an hour and a half long video of that I, I can post in the show notes. Not that it's really interesting. It's, it's just us blathering at each other all just looking for golden chests and getting lost. But yeah, no, Bungie, uh, the Destiny is a pretty good time. I like that game. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, tell me about Tim's Vermeer and the last action hero. Had you, had you not heard about Tim's Vermeer? No. Uh, so Tim's Vermeer, uh, I had seen trailers of this before, like... I had seen, like, the Grand Budapest Hotel and stuff. So I guess what happened is Penn Gillette and, Tell- you know, Penn and Teller, the comedian guys, mm-hmm. one of their friends is the software video guy who happens to be a millionaire because he invented, like, Video Toaster or something like that. Mm, okay. And so in his spare time, he likes to recreate old stuff. And this guy's pet, one of this guy's pet hobbies turned out to be, um, he's fascinated by this old Dutch painter called uh, Vermeer. Mm-hmm. And he uh, suddenly decided he wanted to copy one of this old Dutch master's paintings. And uh, he, forget- he while reading about the history of how this guy painted stuff, he found out about another guy's theory about that this old Dutch master had painted all of his paintings u- using a combination of mirrors and lenses. Mm-hmm. Essentially tracing from real life, not like painting like you normally would, but just by eyeballing something and just like painting on, on a canvas. But there was this whole theory that uh, because this guy's paintings from like you know like 400 years ago were such a perfect representation of real life, like the way light, light falls off on a wall and all this other small details, that no no painter not using these technical assistant bits could ever capture. And so this mm-hmm. guy he goes out of his way to essentially rebuild what this other guy assumes that this painter used to essentially cheat his way to make these perfect paintings. Hmm. And so he and so this guy, his name is Tim. And he's trying to create a copy of this Vermeer painting. That's why it's called Tim's Vermeer. Hmm. And uh, so he, in order to facilitate the the, the, the making a perfect copy of one of uh, Vermeer's most, most famous famous paintings, which is of uh, just like this little old, you know, like like you know, sixteenth century room. This guy built a perfect copy of that room in a warehouse Seriously? in Texas. Uh-huh. And then he also builds what he surmises is a copy of the lens and mirror array that this guy used to capture the image and project it onto a canvas and uh-huh. so traced onto the canvas the image that was you know being projected on there it's essentially like camera obscura mixed with a couple of different mirrors and stuff like that and this is a guy who doesn't know how to paint it's like one yeah. of us trying to create a perfect uh, copy of like a, ma- a master painting but he huh. manages to do it because like this 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 it's really difficult to explain what this whole uh, like optical array is but sure. it is like it is if 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 you got the patience enough to just copy everything that like the the this this optical array uh, transmits to this canvas, anyone can paint a perfect copy of whatever is is positioned in front of this camera obscura array. And so he does that. 
And uh, it's just, it's an interesting, the, the, the documentary is just an interesting, uh, just a showcase of someone just reverse engineering like yeah. 400 year old technology and also just like random guy who doesn't have any painting ability creating a, almost a perfect copy of a Dutch master's painting from hundreds of from centuries ago which is that's also just nuts yeah. but I don't know it's a, it's an interesting just documentary about technology and perseverance and also being kind of crazy and OCD <laughs> but huh. alright yeah, it was it's pretty cool though throwing that out there crazy that's have nuts. you seen Last Action Hero nope You've never, man, it's on Netflix. Did you get bored tonight? <laughs> Have you ever heard about what Last Action Hero is? Uh, Last Action Hero is Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's all I know yeah, about Last Action Hero. Yeah, check that shit out. It's complete, it's complete opposite end of the spectrum from Tim's Vermeer. Um, don't even need to explain. It's fucking funny. The bad guy is Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. Okay. It's, uh... Man, you gotta check that shit. That's fucking hilarious. It's about a kid who falls in the world of movies, and it's terrible. Oh, yeah. Everyone hates that movie. It's it's a notorious <laughs> bomb. The reason I yeah. got to watching Last Action Hero this week is uh, somebody on the internet had just this week posted a um, one of those like histories, like the, the oral history of the making of a movie, and this is one of the things they did for la- uh, they did this for Last Action Hero with somebody like from the AV Club from the Onion or something mm-hmm. went off and just interviewed everyone who is still alive who was associated with the making of that film. And so mm-hmm. it's pretty much just, like, four pages of people saying, well, it's not my fault, but we thought this was going to be a pretty cool movie. Yeah. And, uh, and reading that got me interested, because I hadn't seen that movie since it first came out. But it's yeah. fucking hilarious! Yeah, it's about this little kid oh, who gets Bill. sucked into the world of this Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and the movie is really fucking totally weird, because this kid, he lives in a really shitty... He, like, is essentially just from our world, and he lives in New York, and New York is fucking terrible. But he gets sucked into the movie world of... This Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, where all the like, there's no normal women. All the women are like models and dressed like super ridiculous and all kinds of just. I just. That's. I mean, it's kind of a great premise. It yeah, is. It, it is. And there's so the first half of the movie is this kid gets sucked into the world of, of this Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and the second sure. half is the villain in this movie played by uh, uh, Charles Dance. You know, Tywin Lannister. Uh-huh. Yeah. He yeah. comes out of the movie world and into our world, and he realizes because it's our world. The bad guys can win? Yeah. And there's, like, this great creepy scene where, like, the first thing he does after he gets out of the movie world, he goes, he's just kind of walking around the, the, the streets of New York, and it's, like, midnight, and he finds this guy, like, this lone guy working in this garage, and he just comes mm-hmm. up to this guy and just shoots him dead, and he's kind of waiting to for a whole bunch of cops to show up to arrest him, because if this were a movie world, you know, the bad guy shooting an innocent person, they would be, they mm-hmm. would lead to a big chase scene with the cops or something like that. No, he just shoots this guy dead and nothing happens. And he's kind of waiting and all, like, and he's even, like, after a couple minutes of waiting and nothing happens, he just shouts out life, I've shot a man, I'm a bad guy, and I've killed an innocent man. And someone in the distance just goes, shut the fuck up! <laughs> and, like, he just, and that's the moment that, like, Charles Dance realizes he can do anything in this world because no one gives a shit because it's our world, and you could be yeah. a bad guy and be a horrible yep. and so He decides that not, not, not only is he going to wreak havoc on our world, but he's also going to bring in, like, King Kong and Dracula to help him, like, take over the world. <laughs> of course! And so yeah. then, yeah, this little kid and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger have to go fight this guy in our world where, like, the, the, the hero could actually die from, like, car wrecks and stuff like that. Sure. It's just, like, it's just, there's one of the best scenes in the movie is when they're in the movie world and they go to the L.A. police station. And the L.A. police, uh, police station is, is populated almost nothing but 
uh, uh, crazy combination of cops because every uh, like everyone in the movie is starring in their own buddy movie. So oh, you seriously? have like there's a tall skinny lady paired with like a little fat guy. There's yeah. uh, like one guy who's his partner is like a CGI uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Yeah. There's a cartoon cop because one of the buddy movies is like a real guy with a cartoon cat cop. Of course. Shit, it's just yeah, you need to check the shit out sometimes. If you're really sick and bored and uh, you have a like <laughs> you have you're running a fever, this is a good movie to watch because you'll just be like, how did anyone make this piece of shit? <laughs> yeah, I love movies where it's like, who gave you money? Yeah. <laughs> and oh, like just he, reading the oral history of the Last Action Hero, they also talk about how. This is also the first movie to be uh, um, advertised in space. <laughs> they what? put the Last Action Hero logo on the side of a satellite that was launched into space. Sure they Which, did. Who's going to see it in space? But they did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I guess Last Action Hero is just kind of like a... It's, 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 it's kind of like a uh, testimony. It's uh, too, too hubris and just spending money... For no reason, like let's 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 drop yeah. a couple, you know, hundred million dollars on on a rocket with with the the the, the movie's logo on it, launching this into the space for no reason. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 entertaining. I like it. It's a good movie. Oh dang. Uh, okay, hold on. What did you just do? There's a Mad Max trailer that just came on, and I thought this. Oh really? Foolishly you know what? We gotta this. take a break soon for a Geek Week interview. Anyway, we can yeah, we can watch it then. But shit. <laughs> Okay, sorry. That Mad Max is a part of the show notes because we got a little San Diego Comic-Con shit to talk about. I thought I was going to share with the group. Oh, I guess maybe because I'm not the main That's person. entirely possible, too, yeah. Okay, sorry. Um. Oh, yeah, the other thing is uh, William Goldman worked on the script for The Last Action Hero. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, he's the guy who created the Charles Dance villain. He's the one mm-hmm. who said, you man, if you're going to have a crazy villain in this movie, you need a guy who is not only an expert marksman, but also has crazy glass eyeballs for every different scene. So, Oh, yeah? yeah? Different ones for every scene? Yeah! You gotta see, you gotta see it's on Netflix! As soon as it's <laughs> over, you can just say, say, Foley, you know what? I'm gonna eat these eggs and pancakes while watching the first five minutes of this stupid movie that Bill won't shut the fuck up about. <laughs> totally, totally valid. Uh, Alright, Bill, tell me about Guardians of the Galaxy. No, this is, uh, I've not seen it yet. This is me just, do you have any, are you gonna go see it next weekend or anything? I, I don't um, know if you were interested enough to try to see it before. I don't know. I I like Chris Pratt. Okay, so well, probably. no, those early reviews are coming out, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, just looking at the trailers for that movie, too, you, that could either go either way, where that could either be, a, like, a really fun, light slice of fun, or that could be some fucking terrible bullshit. It could be the three amigos Anything that generation. lets Chris Pratt be a goober front and center, I'm in favor of at the yeah. end of the day. Entertainment uh, Weekly Pratt- did a glowing interview with him where all dude there's been so if you're a chris pratt pratt fancier it's a good time to be alive yeah there's a there's some video slash animated gifs floating around of him interrupting an interview to french braid a woman's hair what? uh there I mean, he's just the biggest sweetheart goofball and it makes me so happy i hope that's actually him and not just part of like the the pr machine just to make it, it seem seems like to be him dude you could look at interviews with him historically he's just kind of oh, i know i know i know goofball. but he seems like almost too good to be true he seems like such a fun doofy guy yeah i'm just saying i've had a crush on chris pratt since he was bright on everwood that's how <laughs> long my crush no, has been like there. the entertainment weekly article with him is like I guess he was supposed to, like, the Entertainment Weekly guy went to go interview him at some Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, PR photo shoot. And in the middle of the uh, PR photo shoot, suddenly Chris Pratt's like, you know what, fuck it, let's go get drinks. 
And so they go off to the bar, and Chris Pratt gets drunk off his ass. Yeah. And is just being a total, like, just mensch, but he's also still just being a sweetheart and just talking very openly about how he, like, he did, did get roles for the longest time because he was a little too chubby. But now he's still kind of chubby, but people think he's sexy because now he just grows a little bit of a beard. Ah, there's all kinds of stuff where it's just, like, it seems very cute. It almost, like, yeah, I don't know if it was quite manufactured or what, but I like that guy. He he's a sweet, sweet, but, sweet. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm I'm kind of down for a big. This this movie summer has been so light on big, fun, goofy fare. That you know. still haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow, motherfucker. You shut yeah, your mouth. That, is that fun though? I mean, I, yeah, it's like a good movie, but is it like popcorn? I fun found movie? it to be fun. I thought it was a fun. It's like Pacific movie. Rim kind of fun. Well, I didn't actually find Pacific Rim fun, so oh, you're asking the wrong that's person. That's what I was saying. I was on the wrong person. But I did though. find Edge of Tomorrow fun, so uh, that's what okay. I'm well, saying. Well, I just didn't know if, if you were planning to check out Guardians of the Net Galaxy before next week's podcast and if I should worry about doing I, I can tell you, Bill, I hate to break it to you, I do not plan my life around Boy Howdy. <laughs> no, I, I, can't I respect you. our two listeners. <laughs> no, I, I may. I don't know if I feel strongly enough. Let me put it this way. I felt really strongly about going to see Hercules, and I still haven't seen that. So really, Hercules? Oh, just because just because of the Rock? I love the Rock. It's the Rock and a beard. Is it freaking things. out about how Lucy made so much more money than the Rock, and that's proof that yeah. women can outdo outgun uh, Man, dudes? And, and I have no interest in seeing Lucy. I don't know why. It should be my jam. There's something about it that just bounces right off. Do of you me. like that guy's movies at all? What's his name? Uh, Luke Besson. Yeah, I love crazy ass Luke Besson. Okay, yeah, okay, are you okay. kidding? I like all those movies from like fucking like Leon the Professional to uh, even like, like fucking element? Taken. I like the Fifth Element oh, quite okay. a bit. I need yeah. to see that again. I haven't seen that since that first came out. So like. I need to look at it with fresh eyes. You need to accept the fifth element for what it is, and then it's yeah. a movie. The the problem is, is when people go into it expecting it to be something. I different. do like the sillier parts. Not uh, not that I dislike it because like I love what's his name, the black guy with the crazy hair. That guy's yeah. fucking. Hun- I usually hate that actor too. But yeah. what was it, Ruby Rudy Rod? Ruby Rod? Yeah, <laughs> that's guy's fun. Anyway, so yeah. Okay. Anyway. Now that we're uh, done with the part of the podcast more where Danny chastises Bill for being excited about something. Bill, most importantly, the most important news of the week is that there was a wolf. It was called OR-7. Yeah, I heard about this. this that traveled cool. from Oregon to California and back while wearing a UPS collar. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services discovered that he's now a proud dad to at least three pups. Mm-hmm. OR7 and his mate are the first wolves known to have bred and produced offspring in Oregon's Cascade Mountains since the 1940s. Yeah, and those are big clumpy puppies they made, too. Ah, yeah. clumpy wolves. They haven't given a name to the, to, to the mama wolf uh, yet, which is... Well, she doesn't have a GPS collar, so she's not part of any... Oh, so they're not going like, to name it even if they... Oh, okay, okay. I guess that kind of makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so but that's pretty cool, though. Puppies. I didn't realize wolves were that fucked up in this part of the country. Well, dude, wolves have been hunted to almost, like, extreme Well, I know, but I'm kind of surprised that, like, since the 1940s, this is the first, like, wild, like, pup thing? Like, that, that's, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Bill, you could take a horse to water, but you can't make it fuck the water. You gotta let this romance <laughs> happen, Bill. How do we know? These, this, these are the first wolves we've seen. How do we know that, like, since the 1940s, the wolves have not just evolved into wolf people, and they just have their own, like, little city, like, out in the middle of the woods we haven't found yet? Oh, uh, because I would be there right yeah, now. Call it, Say, call it hey, wolf team peeps. Account. Hey, wolf peeps, let's have beer. I'm only allowed <laughs> to have one. <laughs> that's, that's what I'd be saying. 
again. Uh, friends, we're going to take a little break so I can watch the Mad Max trailer since rudely interrupting the podcast to watch it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll be back for the Geek Week in review. Woo! <laughs> thing. Ah! Okay, that is a movie guarantee I'm gonna watch opening night. Wow, that looks like a fucking Mad Max movie. <laughs> oh, man! That was pretty fucking rough! That was pretty great! That's oh, a ballsy man. choice! To have your first trailer for this new Mad Max be someone who's essentially just kind of like, uh, yeah, fucked up the whole bound. time. Essentially a slave of the bad guys. Yeah! Oh my oh, man. god. I'm oh. so sad that apparently making that movie was not great. And, I mean, obviously there's been all the drama behind it, and apparently Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy do not like yeah, each Yeah, supposedly other. Tom Hardy was a total fucking goon during the uh, making of that movie, yeah. 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 But I wanna see it so bad. That was pretty fucking cool. I'm a little, a little, a little aware of all the CGI dust storm stuff, but what are you gonna do? You can't make an action movie these days without having some CGI shit. So, and but I no, liked, that, that that is fucking cool though. I liked Jesus how many broads Christ. are in that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that supposed was... to be the gist is, supposedly, like, he's captured, they set him free, and then they all work together essentially just to run away from the bad guys for the rest of the whole rest of the movie. Like, there's, yeah. supposedly, there's not much plot beyond they save him, so he helps them save themselves, and that's, like, there's no, like, yeah, it's supposed to last half of the movie is just, like, 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 45 minute yeah, chase. So. I, which I'm really down for. Oh, oh man. Fuck. Anyway. I'm so excited. That's so good. I gotta watch that with Foley immediately after this. Oh man. Okay. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Uh, and pro- I don't know if you want to talk much about the sh- uh, the sh- uh, Eisner Awards. I'm gonna pull up a link. That I, uh, there's a link in the show notes, but the, you have to kind of cut and paste. But let's see. I don't know if you want to review that real quick and see if there's anything you want to talk about. Um, I saw the Faith Aaron Hex one for her. Uh... Yeah, for her superhero girl comics. Yeah, but th- that's the only interesting thing I saw. Everything else is just kind of like, yeah, stuff. Oatmeal won best webcomic. Um, oh, seriously? Yeah. Mm. The best webcomic. I, I don't think I've ever seen a best webcomic from the Eisners actually be anything that actually sounded like anything anyone actually reads online. Well, the difference is the oatmeal is read enormously by non-comics people. I know, but so, it's just like, yeah, but I don't know. It's that whole thing. It's like... Yeah, shmish, shmish. Push, push, push. What was even nominated for Best Comic? That's uh, there. It's right there. I mean, uh, but, yeah. I, have, I haven't read any of these webcomics. Man, I've fallen off the webcomics wagon. Everyone has. That's why no one's making money on that shit. Uh, Everyone has, motherfucker. Guess what? No, it's just a new generation, asshole. As the crow flies, Failing Sky, High Crimes, The Last Mechanical Monster, and The Oatmeal are the best. uh... I have no strong feelings about the Eisner Awards. If you want, we can read it. No, okay. I just just didn't know. Razzle won best something something. Best graphic album reprint. Penis. Yeah, there's nothing much here. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I wanted to make note of the shit, like, of the Eisners, just because it's the one comic book thing-related thing we actually have to talk about, but, yeah. 
that's that's the nature of San Diego Comic Con, whereas the comics are by far the least interesting, least essential part of the the, the, the convention news. Um, anyway, Matt. all right, we ready? What the fuck? Okay, yes. Hey pals, buddies, friends, chums! It's time for the Geek Week in Review. During the break, Bill and I watched the Mad Max trailer that was it released literally just from... got unleashed onto the internet while we were on break. So yeah, it yeah, was that, apparently. That's... It was apparently shown at Comic Con, and then they posted it online. It looks like a Mad Max What's movie. What's up, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy starts off with like cutting in like goofy long blonde hair. The movie starts exactly like All My Dreams of Tom Hardy, in which he has long, scraggly hair, and then we trim it to close crop to the scalp. Which, as a lifelong Mad Max fan, I'm kind of slightly confounded by that trailer, because at the beginning of the movie, he seems to have the Interceptor that he lost in Mad Max 2? I, this seems to be a reboot of the Mad Max stuff. I mean, Although he's kind of dressed like Mad Max was in the original movies, because he's got like yeah. a shoulder pauldron and everything like yeah. that, too. But I think that's just because, hey, here's Mad Max, but yeah, it's, 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 yeah, this is, yeah, alternate universe Mad Max stuff, which that's just as fine with me, because I'm not really that worried about Mad Max stuff. I was going to say, Bill, are you really? <laughs> All I need to know is, does Master Blaster exist in this world? Yes, no. I know! Maybe it'll, like, the skeleton will show up in the background for a quick scene. <laughs> are go. you already talking about the original film series went from everyone living in houses? and having telephones and bars to by the second movie everyone's wearing tires and drinking their own piss yeah i so had like never Continuity seen is the strongest suit of the series yeah i had never seen any of the mad max movies until relatively late in my life however i knew about mad max just because yeah, yeah, it's everyone such a knows about them thing. yeah but so i was shocked because I, I i used to be much more of a stickler for this and i still am to some degree i like to watch things in sequence i like to know the evolution so i went out and rented mad max that is it is it is just shocking to see what the hell how do you get from this to thunderdome yeah i know exactly because yeah everyone's got like i think they're still delivering everyone's getting mail delivery on saturdays and it's not like like, it's it's not like post-apocalyptic it's kind of like mid-apocalyptic well they they, like in 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 retrospect uh george miller's come out and he said that the first movie was not supposed to be post-apocalyptic it's more just anarchy yeah settling in and it it just happens to take place in a small town out in the middle of nowhere where yeah. anar- uh, where the anarchy that will eventually lead to this post this apocalypse happening in the first place is just starting to settle in so there's still right. an infrastructure it's just being worn down by like these yeah. biker gangs and stuff and like the cops just don't have enough resources to really effectively fight against them no. but yeah it's it's the apocalypse seems to happen between Mad Max 1 and Mad Max 2 and then yeah, yeah. so in Mad Max 2 you've got the the actual like yeah fucking people wearing tires <laughs> For skirts and stuff, yeah. The only way this podcast could go more niche and navel-gazy is if we now started discussing Mad Max Lego. Which so. gotta happen. Like, you're <laughs> not gonna try to make a Mad Max Lego car or, like, make your own little Mad Max Lego figurine to hang out with everyone in Benton. In other news, uh, uh, The Legend of Korra has officially gone all digital as of this week. Though the show isn't available on iTunes, and the episodes are being presented out of order on Nick.com. So, notes Bill, blarg. Yeah, so, I mean, we mentioned this a couple days ago when we recorded the last podcast, but yeah, um, it is unfortunate, yeah, the, the, it's not on iTunes, which, if you're gonna make it, have a show go all digital, you think it's the centerpiece of that platform is going to be, we gotta put this stuff on iTunes, but it's not, yeah, no, it's not on iTunes, and yeah, even, uh, when they're airing the show, they're, uh, Nickelodeon is not telling anyone where to, well, they, they just aired the last episode that they're gonna air on TV just on Friday, and even when they aired that, they didn't direct anyone to say, hey, more episodes can be found online it was Mm. essentially here's the last episode and that's it Mm. but even if you know where to go if you go to nick.com to watch the yeah the episodes are all out of line out of order so even if you're trying to 
pay attention to what's going on. They're make, it's like they're going out of their way to make it impossible for you to watch hmm. the Legend of Korra well, in any kind of easy way. It's a they clearly mess. don't have the infrastructure to do the kind of release that they want to do. They're just shunting it to this side channel that's not well, built for this room. That's kind of their excuse, too, for shunting uh, the Legend of Korra to the digital platform. Because they're, they're, they're claiming, well, this is the way of the future, and we, this is the way we think everything's going to be released in the future. But they're doing it in such a slovenly fucked up way that's obviously that's obviously not what they're trying to do here. They're just trying to burn off episodes, and they're just they don't want to waste airtime on actual network television airing this stuff. So it's 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 kind of fucked up. Which and like I said, the only reason I really care about it so much is this is actually Legend Core's best season so far, and that's kind yeah. of a shame that the the show is getting kicked in the teeth right now, just when it's actually getting pretty consistently good. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but yeah. <sighs> You had detective stuff happen this episode. You had lava bending in this episode. You I'm had... sorry, I'm still thinking about Tom Hardy. I know! <laughs> you're going to be in your refractory period all for the rest of the episode. Uh, Wonder Woman in stripper heels. Did you see the new picture of the new Wonder Woman? Everyone yeah. was freaking out about it. Yeah. Though Calamity John pointed out rightly on the Twitters where he's like, are you really expecting a, a respectful and strong female character in a Zack Snyder movie? I know exactly. He literally made a movie that was all about, quote, strong female characters who were strippers. <laughs> it's literally what he did. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that, like, I wasn't even confounded so much. I, the stripper boots are uh, not surprising. They're not stripper but... heels, but they are wedge heels, right? Yeah, they, it looks like they're solid one piece, yeah. So she can't even so stab anyone in the eye with their stiletto heels. <laughs> Which she got like it's she not even a skirt. Go. She's like wearing like a like 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 a dishwasher rag, just barely covering her crotch and a little bit of her butt. And it's like, oh come on, guys. Bill, did you just go from yeah she's wearing heels to wait? I guess it's wedges. So now she can't even stab people with her stilettos. Pick a lane, yeah. Bill. Because I mean, if you're a lady and you're stuck in stilettos, the one thing you have to use to your advantage is the fact that you can use the stilettos as a weapon. Come sure, on, Bill. Quote. A person who has never worn stilettos. <laughs> Are they easy to walk in? No. There's a reason. I've worn stilettos maybe twice in my life. and never Do you own a pair or did you have to borrow them? Um, I was tried them on. Yeah. Because I want no, to. Sounds... I do. I, I may be a fat schmuck, but I have aspirations of femdom. And mm-hmm. that part of it is just questionable. Which questionable. is even more because it's just like, how you can do action scenes with stiletto? Like, it just seems impractical. She's, well, Bill, I it's still called think, Welcome to the Last 40 Years of Cinema. They managed. I still think Wonder Woman's a crappy character. I Man, I wish we could just get rid of Wonder Woman and just replace her with like a new built from the ground up not fetishy weird because wonder woman is not aspirate i know people look up to wonder woman and it's i i hate to say that because you know, i said this on twitter yesterday and people got really pissed off at me because people see I, disagree. Said, I do love wonder woman but it's like you could so if you say wonder woman is not aspirational what's superman no that's what my my point is superman and batman are both aspirational characters. How is Superman aspirational? Like one super badass, and the one is the, the the good character that we're supposed to aspire to. But they're both like male empowerment fantasies. Whereas Wonder Woman is created as like this fetishy object by dudes at the same time. Like it's, I wish we had the female. I wish Wonder Woman was the female version of Batman and Superman, where it's a female created aspirational thing made by ladies. Where I don't know. It's it's Wonder Woman started off as a fetishy object. That's kind of the reason why so much of her shit doesn't make any sense because it was like, well, maybe her magic weapon will be a golden rope that she can tie dudes up with because that's kind of a fetishy thing, but, like, that's kind of terrible fucking magic power. And, oh, yes, well, she can't fly because, God forbid, we actually give a 
woman actual superpowers and so she could fly by herself but we'll give her like an invisible jet like there's like all the all the all the lore stuff of, of wonder woman is just so funky and i could see if you just wanted to make uh, a, a superheroine out of like an amazonian princess that's great but you kind of if if you could just scrape off like the the the, the, the invisible jet and the gold uh, the the magic lariat and all that stuff off the top of that and kind of rebuilt her from the ground up as an amazonian princess that would be cool but eh, i don't know Bill, how many Wonder Woman comics have you read? Uh, I I saw one on a shelf once. <laughs> I think a lot can be done by taking. I mean, look at fem- look at Bill. Think of your favorite female characters in fiction. How many of them were created by an entire team of women? That's true. Too. I'm just saying, not to say that there. I don't. I disagree. But what I am saying is that there can be a lot of power in appropriating... Let me finish. There can be a lot of power in appropriating a symbol, a known symbol, and reinventing her into something that can be positive, as opposed to just going, well, Wonder Woman sucks, when she is the most known female superhero, God help us. And she could be cool. Jimmy Jimmy just loaned me a line of the Wonder Woman comics that were part of the New 52 launch. He says she's pretty cool in it. It stresses more than... The um, uh, mythology stuff, and I'm just saying, if you if you have a Wonder Woman who's basically Superman and Xena were a princess in a blender, I'm on board. Yeah, it's possible. I'm not. I'm not even suggesting that. Like, I hate Wonder Woman, or I think she should get be like we should get rid of her. I just think she's got so much baggage that it almost seems like better to like not not it's not, not, me saying oh we should replace her with a new character. That's not practical. That's not going to happen. But. Just in terms of like the average people who what they think of Wonder Woman, just it was funny because even thinking about this yesterday, I got worked up about like even the name Wonder Woman is stupid. Oh, That's Bill. just a dumb name. Then I was like, Superman and Batman. Bill, are I was gonna say if anything, Batman. Stupid. If you really think about Superman, Batman. Batman. And then A, he's Batman. Batman. B, Bill. I'm gonna remind you that to a lot of people for a long time, up to and including me, Batman was associated with Adam West in tights. I know. And but look what they did with Batman. Batman. Batman is a, Bat- now a green and dark. Is associated with still cool stuff. Wonder Woman is still just like, I have a glass jet. <laughs> See, I have a rope. <laughs> I think <laughs> that Wonder Woman has not been defined in the public eye yet. Really. There's yet to be a Wonder Woman property. That's really Which is like, even more alarming because this is one her, her one chance to really be defined. And it's going to be it's going to be a skinny, tiny Israeli woman. And I guarantee heels. you, Bill, that whatever bit part she is of Batman versus Superman, this will not ruin Wonder Woman forever. I'm just saying, if Batman could go from being Adam West in tights to being grimdark Christopher Nolan, maybe, just maybe, we don't have to throw out the babe with the bathwater. Can it not be Gina Carano voiced over by Susan Sarandon? That would be the ideal. ideal. (laughs) Come on, that's all I'm saying. What I'm just saying is because Zack Snyder's Wonder Woman is shitty does not mean we should give up on Wonder Woman. I want a badass... Early '90s Lucy Lawless, bisexual mm. Wonder Woman. Who Bis- is, oh, I see, bisexual. I see. I want her to be Athenian and wise and badass. And that see, would be I want to. I want them to take the Amazonian thing literally. So she cuts off one boob, but then it's a robot boob. Shoots lasers. <sighs> Bill, I really enjoyed this conversation we just had. Bone Anniversary Edition featuring Kate Beaton, Craig oh. Thompson, etc. Oh, I forgot to elaborate on this. I have. I actually forgot to go back and research. This is one of the things in the show notes. They're doing something with some kind of new bone thing coming out. I I can't remember if they're just taking 
the first couple bone stories and just letting other people at least re like reinterpret the stories or what but yeah there's something coming out next spring yeah annie you should google this while i also uh blow people's minds with my further thoughts about what they should do with female superheroes oh man this makes me feel old why what's up this is a special edition of the first book um it will kick off the 10th anniversary celebration of the scholastics graphics imprints so this is the 10th anniversary of the bone reprints god i feel ancient is this uh just people re-illustrating the first out out from boneville i think it's it it says uh which that wouldn't make sense it's um uh maybe side stories or something i'm reading hold on i'm reading Okay. Uh, it will contain a brand new illustrated poem from creator Jeff Smith, plus original bone tribute art from 16 oh, okay. additional top artists in the form of mini comics and full page artwork. The con- contributors include major artists working in comics and illustration today, such as Kate Beaton, Jeffrey Brown, Kazu Kabushi, Dave Pilicki, uh Raina Telemager, and Craig Thompson. Oh, okay. Very nice. I can't, I can't wait to see what Kate's stuff is. That'll be cool. I'll I be just pictured just an angry cat just talking to bone. Just, nah. Uh, Last of Us movie. Here comes Bill's jokes. Produced by Sam Raimi. Directed by Steve Wolfhard. Starring Ashley and Anthony Birch. Come on, it'd be actually pretty good. Uh, the Last of Us movie is produced by Sam Raimi. Neil Druckmann will be involved. Naughty Dog has the final sign-off for casting and director. Have this you is what was announced at San Diego. Would Papa Birch not make a good Bill? The guy with you the know, phone. I'm just gonna say, you know who would make a really good Bill? The guy who played Bill. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing. Is like, because he just they put just... makeup on like the characters. Like, uh, my, well, well, one of the other jokes is that you just get uh, Ashley Johnston to play uh, what's her face. I want her to play Tess. Of... That'd be rad. Have her play Tess. Yeah. Would you like like digitally like lower her voice or something like that? Just kind of give it so it's not yes. just like that character. And so it's not just wait. What, what's her character's name? I already forgot. Her character's name. Tess? Well, uh, it's it's Ellie? Ellie. Yeah. So it's oh. not just Ellie's voice coming out of like a different lady's face, God. you know. Um, Why do I I still I think we... it should be Ashley Johnson playing Ellie, but it's like Dorf on Golf. Where she's just oh, cut yeah. off at the knees. When you look at early concept art, it's really obvious that they initially based Joel off of Tom Hardy to the point where that's one of the reasons why I think Tommy Tom's uh, his brother is named Tommy. So all I'm saying uh, is Tom Hardy that, for yeah. Joel. Well, who would you get to play Ellie? Because they're talking about Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, which... She would not be a bad... You and Foley and Jimmy both were all like, meh, meh, meh. She I looks like E.T. She looks like E.T. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I don't think she'd be a bad choice. Um, I, you can do better, Foley's... though. I, you know, I, at that point, I'd almost rather you just get an unknown, so it's... Well, so, that was Foley and Jimmy's big thing. They were yeah. like, well, get a name for Joel and get just some unknown for Ellie. I mean, the terrible yeah. thing is I actually don't think... I don't think the lady i don't think macy williams is actually that good as aria stark she's not bad but like you want somebody who is as like a, a sensation to play ellie because ellie's kind yeah. of the actual real breakout she character. is she's the protagonist if you, if you make the... that a movie yeah she she is really the protagonist and you need somebody who not just is kind of good but you want somebody who yeah you need you need somebody with some fucking chops in that fucking role here's um, the thing i have no um I am grateful that Naughty Dog is has casting and direction, director sign-off on this because the Uncharted movie will be whatever the fuck the Uncharted movie is, and yeah. clearly they are burned by that whole experience. But at the end of the day, when I heard that Neil Druckmann is going to be involved in the movie, that made me sad because I want Neil Druckmann to be making games. I don't want I him to take six months off to write Do you think they would actually the let him direct that movie? No, no. Huh. But he's writing the script. 
And uh, I don't want him, I want him to be making a game. I want him to be making The Last of Us 2 in which Ellie is older and the protagonist. That's what I thought they were teasing, because Neil mm-hmm. Druckmann posted to Twitter a picture that was a well, cropped picture. this is exactly picture. what I thought, too, yeah. Yeah, that it was a cropped picture. And I'm like, it's way too soon for them to be announcing this. But it's a cropped picture of a hand holding Ellie's knife, and you and can the lady, see the background. And it's a lady's hand, too. It's not a young girl's hand, but it's an old. almost looks like, yeah, an older woman holding and a knife. You can see Ellie's faded shirt, and so I'm like, ah, yeah. damn, old Ellie. But I'm like, they can't be announcing the next game. It's way too far off. I was hoping it was going to be a not transmedia thing, but yeah. So, anyway, I don't know. I don't give a shit about the Last of Us movie because I want them to make more games than I have saying, the Last of Us game. what happened when Ken Levine started work on Bioshock movie stuff, uh, the studio only crumbled. <laughs> yeah. I want the what happened there. Um, but in the office making games. Games for right? me. Annie. So can we admit that Ryan Johnson may be the best uh, director for a Last of Us movie? Uh, you know, I'm going to say this, and this is dumb, because I think he directed The Road, didn't he? But John Hillcamp. I've not seen The Road. I've only seen uh, the um, uh, the um, the Proposition. Yeah. And what other movie did he make? I mean, really. I mean, the movie is already kind of steeped in this stuff anyway. And technically, actually, if you wanted to make the most screen-accurate uh, Last of Us uh, movie, you'd, you'd get Alphonse Cuaron, because... So much of that movie, so, so much of the game's men. aesthetic is taken from Children of Men. What's the name of the dude who did the um, most recent Bond movie? Oh, uh, Sam Mendes. Sam, he would be, Sam Mendes would be a good, I, I, I would choose him too, yeah. Oh man, if you had, what's what's the hot chick from Casino Royale? Eva uh, uh, Green? Eva Green, yeah, she can play Ellie. Just shoot her from she a distance. She could be Joel. So she... She'd be an amazing Joel. Would she not be actually kind of a cool Tess? No. 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 Who'd make a good She's Tess? Too Susan you need... See, Bill, this game is not fun to me. Casting a Last of Us movie is not fun to me. That's why I was like, Tom Hardy, move on. Because this is not <laughs> fun to me. I don't give a shit about the Last of Us movie. Because it's going to be a movie. I love the Last of Us game. I'll go yeah. see it. No, that's sure. the, that's the funny thing is the best possible Last of Us movie is the Last of Us game because that exactly. game is already cinematic enough. Yeah, and like yeah, the amount like... of story you can pack in, and the mood, and the feeling that you get from controlling those characters in those moments. There is no way that the movie can that a any sort of licensed movie could could come close well, to the experience. Also, of with that Uncharted, game. that's the thing that Naughty Dog has been so good uh, with their cinematic bets of both Uncharted and The Last of Us. The movie adapt- adaptations of both are pretty much the most redundant movie adaptations yeah. that you could ever hope for for, for a video game. Because, yeah, those those are pretty much playable movies. So, yeah. Not to say the movies are guaranteed to be bad or anything like that. But, no. Uh, but, but with it's, licensed it's, movies, it's an uphill battle. There's the also start. not a lot of room for interpretation because those movies, like I said, they're so movie-like. that like Those games are so movie-like. Bill, that, like, that's implying that they, they're going to do anything more than uh, Joel, Tess, okay, Drake... He's an adventure or something. Okay, let's roll with it. Have you seen a video game movie? Oh man! So I was like, okay. So I was looking back through some old photos uh, from on an old hard drive, and I found all the old photos that I took from the last uh, Comic Con we were all at together in two thousand and four. Yeah. I forgot that was not only was that the convention that we spent the whole Saturday on a boat while the air conditioning mm-hmm. broke down on the show floor, mm-hmm. um, but that was also the convention where I met all the Firefly crew uh, because yeah. they had like their big like pre Firefly movie uh, uh, appearance. And I've got photos of Nathan Fillion where he's essentially wearing a Nathan Drake like shirt where it's kind of like that, like even the cut of it, like the neck and like the sleeves rolled up and everything like that. 
10 years ago. Just looking at him, just from photos from Comic-Con from, from 10 years ago, he actually really would have made, like, just even physically would have been a perfect uh, uh, Nathan Drake. I know everyone says that, but it's funny that I have personal photos that I have t- taken of Nathan Fillion where he's essentially dressed like Nathan Drake. But I know uh, there. Oh, so. Bill. Anywho, All right. We're moving on. would be a good, good uh, t- Hey, uh, Bill. Test. Hey, Bill. Did you know... The Game of Thrones season five cast includes Dr. Bashir and Sam Lowry. Yeah! What do you think about that? Are you excited? Who's Sam Lowry? Sam Lowry, uh, this is Jonathan Price. He was the star of Brazil. And he also played oh, Kira yeah. Knightley's uncle in the Pirates of the... Ki- or dad yeah, in yeah, the Pirates yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just say Brazil. He's Brazil. Yeah, he's Brazil. Yeah. yeah. My favorite part of Brazil when he jumps through the window. <laughs> Actually, my favorite part of Brazil is when he uh, uh, kills the giant uh, samurai. But yeah, no, and then yeah, Doctor Bashir from D Space Nine. He's gonna play. I think he's the brother of uh, Oberyn Martell. I think that's what it is. Man, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. It, it, I think Game of Thrones with like the the arc of my interest in Game of Thrones accelerated, peaked, <laughs> and plummeted faster than I have consumed any media in my life. Game of Thrones is so kind of shapeless now as a television show. It's actually endearingly kind of sloppy and kind of shapeless and kind of I. It's it's really becoming just a medieval soap opera at this point because there's so it many story threads was. and you don't know where anything's going. It was always but, uh, a soap. Yeah, almost all of the casting they announced for this season is stuff that gets, that's going to take place in Dorne, which is great because this is all the stuff in the books that no one's actually read. Yeah. So, yeah. It's all uh, overseas stuff, so it's a lot of people playing kind of Middle Eastern kind of type, like, stuff. No. This was the stuff that I all skimmed over. Not that it wasn't interesting, but just because you're in this... Well, that's what everyone else this, has done. That's what I'm saying, yeah. You're in this for what the hell is going on in the Seven Kingdoms. So, not the Red Viper... The Red Viper guy over in Martell who got whacked in this last season, he must have had a shitload of kids because, like, this new casting announcement was, like, 12 people. Nine of them were his kids. Yeah. They're all the... It's the Sand Snakes. It's all his daughters who are swearing vengeance for his death in this latest season. So, um, yeah, so... UHF is getting a Blu-ray release in November. Yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned this on last week's podcast, but last... We talked about UHF. Yeah, last week was the 25th anniversary of uh, the cinematic masterpiece known as UHF being released in American theaters. Yeah. We we talked about UHF at length last week. Did you talk about it? I can't remember if you said you saw it. What's your favorite part? Yes, I have seen... UHF, we're going to move on so we don't just have a rehash of last week's we got to talk about Conan the Librarian for five minutes. <laughs> uh, James Gunn got the green light to start work on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It hits summer 2017. Yeah, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm assuming the theater has pretty good hopes. Like, it's, it's, it's It sounds like it must be tracking to do pretty well if they're already green, green lighting the sequel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's already a release date set. Well, that's how it works, man. I know, but it's crazy that, like, 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 literally, like, five days before the movie comes out, you're already like, okay, the sequel's coming out two years ago from, like, next Thursday. They've announced yeah. the release date for the next Uncharted movie. They don't even have, like, a cast or a script or anything. Well, did you <laughs> see that Uncharted actually got the next Spider-Man's release date? Yeah, we talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah. Yes, I remember because I was involved in this podcast. Ah, this is a fun podcast. Man, this is this is what it feels like the Alzheimer's, where you're like you're constantly talking to somebody. Like, did you did, did I tell you about? Yeah, Bill, you just told me about that five minutes ago. Like, so, oh, wow, okay. This next bit is news to me. 
Uh, Mass Effect details. I presume these are Mass Effect 4 details. New Mako. Clunky Master Chiefy armor. Male and female playable characters. Game takes place during Shepard's lifetime, but but won't involve Shepard. Though you may see some old friends running around. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so they just had a very brief... uh, uh, but yeah, Bioware's had a very brief uh, demonstration of some of their uh, uh, this stuff. It sounds like the game is still very much in the conceptual stage because they even came out when they showed uh, they they had slides of the male and female uh, body armor for whoever the playable human character will be. Well, one of the things they did mention was these are the playable human characters, mm. which kind of suggests that I don't know if that that means that they're kind of suggesting maybe you can play as alien races or something like that. But boy, these are Master Chiefy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. One of the most iconic uh, elements of the original Mass Effect series to me it, are those really slender, slick-looking yeah, so armor sets. Yeah, um, I just granted they could get a little bulky sometimes, depending on you know how much shoulder blade shit or shoulder mount you know stuff they had. But like, yeah, there was it was very Mass Effect was very much a place where you could only have two percent body fat. Now I, it's you know I know they de- they pretty much dumped this with the second game on. My favorite thing in the Mass Effect series is that the foundational aesthetic was this is a movie that is made during the 70s or early 80s. Yeah, exactly. It's like and that just, was the aesthetic of Mass Effect, and they've just dumped it. It makes me so sad. Yeah, and that's a little bit of a difference. Like, again, this is all still conceptual. They even highlighted during when they unveiled all this stuff, like all this stuff could completely change by the time the final yeah. game comes out. Because it sounds like they're still just cooking stuff up from the from the from scratch really... right now but but they yeah they're very much they're, they're, they seem to be very up on like you're going to be using the uh the mako to explore far more in this game than you ever did in the first game so it sounds yeah. like uh i don't know if they're kind of going kind of skyrim in this where it's going to be re- truly open world it's not just going to be you going to planets and just you're exploring like a half mile radius of your landing man point, but... this game isn't going to be out for like three years what we no, i know that's what i'm saying this? yeah so it's it's kind of worthless to start getting too worked up about it but it's interesting to see the first official details of what's going yeah, I'm gonna be people playing... are upset about it takes place during Shepard's uh, lifetime too. Which of course that's... it is. They're not going to set it post the events of Mass Effect. I know, but no uh, the weird thing is, it sounded like people are still trying to figure figure it out. They're trying to get audio from the presentation, but it sounded like uh, they said that it takes place in a different galaxy, which doesn't make any sense. Or does it? Well, I guess you can <laughs> use a conduit to take you to a new galaxy, but like. I mean, that would clear the decks so they can create entirely new cultures and stuff, so it's yeah. not you just running around the other you know, Krogan homeworld, the Asari homeworld again. But, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, alright. So, pals, buddies, Legendary Pictures is making a King Kong movie called Skull Island, which probably only exists to justify a Godzilla vs. King Kong picture down the road. Also, mm-hmm. Renan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah are supposed to show up in the next Godzilla sequel. Yeah! That's great! Also, they confirmed that uh, Gareth Edwards, the guy who directed the first Godzilla movie, he's going to be directing this the, the next Godzilla movie, which I'm assuming is either going to have to have to have to happen super soon, or it's not going to be happening for a while yet because he's he, he's on he's making one of the new Star Wars spinoff movies. Yeah. And so, depending on when that needs to get made, that means either he needs to start working on uh, get that finished ASAP so he can then start work on Star Wars, or he's not gonna be working on that until star wars is finished and that's not gonna be for another like two or three years so but yeah no yeah legendary pictures the same company that made the godzilla movie yeah it's funny that they're they're like hey you know what let's bring king kong back so why not i don't know why not i like hey people like monsters eh? 
Yeah, well, I like the suggestion that this will just take place entirely on that island and it will just be an adventure movie that just happens to have King Kong in it. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Rather than going through the whole thing again of, okay, we caught King Kong, we brought him back to civilization. You know, like, the, the Peter Jackson already kind of killed that story for everybody, but... Yeah. Man, that King Kong. Yes, because we've terrible. learned if we've learned anything, it's just that Hollywood is afraid to retell the same story over and over. <laughs> Join us I next month next year for the next Spider-Man reboot. <laughs> Jesus. How many Hulks have we seen in the last 20 years? Wait, I'm just saying. Hold the, 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 the legendary pictures, did they do Pacific Rim? Could you have a King Kong versus Godzilla versus Jaeger? Wow, I am so not the person to answer this question, Bill. <laughs> I have no idea. Here's oh what I know God. about Legendary Pictures. They're doing the Mass Effect movie. That's all are I they? know about. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Wait, are they still making a Mass Effect movie? They talked about it last, Comic-Con. Oh, Who knows? man. Who knows? What the fuck? Mm. Uh, Mad Max character posters were unveiled at San Diego Comic-Con, featuring Mr. F as Imperator Furiosa. <laughs> That's and the bad a guy. name! It's such a good name. And the bad guy from the very first Mad Max as the bad guy in this movie, too. Yeah, I had no idea that they brought back the guy who played the toe cutter again. Who is he's the leader of that biker gang that is kind of like just antagonizing the Mad Max's police force in the first movie. Yeah, he's playing the. You only see quick flashes of him in that trailer that we just watched. But yeah, he seems to now he seems to have the same long hair, but now it's gray. But yeah, he's got kind of this weird skull mask thing on. So, but that's great to bring back the bad guy from the first Mad Max to also be the uh, first bad guy in the first Tom Hardy Mad Max, which is kind of great. Okay, I'm going to go on a tiny tirade. One yeah. thing I hate about modern movie posters is that they're just Photoshop, like, uh, composites. Oh, yeah. And the more you look at them, the more you're like, oh, fuck, that very clearly is not that person's body, and that hand is not actually attached the to this Tom body. The Tom Hardy poster, and... Mad Max poster, is especially egregious in that. Is yeah. rad. I, I saw, uh, or real bad, I should say, I saw some movie poster, and I can't remember what the movie was for yeah, uh-huh. but one of the characters was played by a black actor, and this poster had this lineup, and he's standing in the background in a suit, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh my god, the only the pose they found of that dude or the actor they the like the model they had make that pose for this poster was very clearly white, and they did a terrible job of color correcting his skin tone. Oh, was it just like darkened? It just it's not like actual like black skin tone, but it's just like yeah, oh, someone used the burn painful. tool. Oh. It's so rough. I hate I hate photo composites. Like in the one that's um Charlie's there on, right below her shouting, there is a wild dude in this car who's like shouting, but his like for him to be making that body posture, <laughs> his butt would have to be like embedded in the seat. Yeah. It's just no, it's, it's speaking of Entertainment Weekly, they actually this week was the big uh San Diego Comic-Con special uh issue that came out. And they actually do have like a like a nice five-page spread interview with uh Drew Struzan. You know, mm-hmm. the guy who illustrated all the great, like, 80s mm-hmm. uh, movie posters. And, yeah, he, he they, they, they talk about that in the interview about how everything's just Photoshopped these days and there's no actual illustrations. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot the, the posters these days are a lot less dynamic. Although, I do have to admit, they, they, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in those Photoshop Mad Max posters. Yep, there's a lot of shit happening. The like, Mad Max, one... the one with Tom Hardy himself, he's upside down. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, flying through the air, which is kind of great. But, yeah, no... The, I like this one for everyone's, yeah. everyone's future favorite character, Nux. <laughs> uh, Nux is driving a vehicle. We can see that Max is, I guess, 
on the back of it. I don't really know what's happening. There are um, another. There are three dudes jumping off of a tanker onto the vehicle, presumably battle Mad Max. The Max doesn't seem terribly uh, bothered by this. The front of the vehicle has chromed out like pipes, and in the pipes we can see the reflection of the motorbike in front of him in an explosion. Yeah, it's a, so, yeah, completely bonkers. Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty oh. good. Oh, oh Mad Max like... here is at the house. He's 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 here to <laughs> like complain this... about. Uh, yeah, he's like, well, this... what can you do? <laughs> this is the episode that's interrupted by sound effects of our home. <laughs> um, Brian Fuller revealed some details about the next season of Hannibal this week. The next season starts a year after the last one ended, letting the show drag out the reveal of who survived the finale and who didn't. And Doctor Chilton survived being shot in the face. Also, nothing but nude cooking scenes for Carolyn Deverna. Thanks, Bill. Yay! Thanks, thanks, Bill. Yeah. Well, that's going to be the web-only content, where it's just me her cooking. It's really like cooking with dog, except cooking with naked Carolyn de Vernas. <laughs> sure. Just lots of pixelated stuff going on in that. In the I like series. how you spelled de Verna, by the way, which, to be fair, is a hard as balls to name fair, to there's spell. like three H's and a C yeah. that don't belong there. I only know how to spell de Verna thanks to years of study. <laughs> She's French-Canadian, that's why her name's like the yeah. Vanel. Yes, exactly. Vanes. Technically, her name is, yeah, it's uh, Caroline... Davernat or something. That's what I'm saying, yeah, exactly. Most importantly, last but not least, Star Wars starts filming tomorrow on an ancient monastery in the tiny Irish island. On the tiny Irish island. I got, I was super tired when I wrote that. (laughs) Sounds like Luke built himself a new Jedi temple. I was a wanderer in Carolyn Davernus' butt. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, this is just, uh, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, the, the, the production crew just got a filming permit. It's a very cool, and literally, when I say tiny island, this island's about as big as your house, Annie. Yeah. And it's got, like, this little monastery, which is made by, like, little, like, almost like stones that were laid by hand. Almost looks like a, like a kid's fort. It looks like, the only reason why I think this might be, like, a Jedi temple that, like, Luke Skywalker's built, because it looks like something, so, like, one guy could have built by himself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if he, if he, if he, if he just kind of sequestered himself away from human humanity for a decade or two, it looked kind of very cool. But yeah, yeah no, I the, the the I love the exotic film locations that these guys are doing for the new Star Wars movie. Bill, they're um, making a Star Wars. That's still, so exciting. Tomorrow, you know what? It's probably oh man, it's about eight o'clock in England right now, so that means about twelve hours from now they're gonna start work. They got they gotta go on little boats to go to this little island to film Luke Skywalker. Like, you know, you, you gotta get a fucking Mark Hamill. He's gotta be standing on a cliff with his little Jedi beard. Gotta be hanging out with all these rocks. Yeah, no, they're making a new Star Wars right now. And yeah. that's the other thing. I guess he did show up for Comic-Con this week, and he had his... He had he had the Alec Guinness, like, Jedi beard. Yeah. Like, that's his Jedi beard! That's fucking... Old. And I, which is, I can make fun of those people, but I was also one of those people going, He's got a Guinness <laughs> beard! Oh my god. So yeah, that's this week in Star Wars news. Um, yeah. Friends, that was the Boy Hattie podcast. Thanks for enjoy- enduring our Lego interlude. You were awarded by a Star Wars interlude at the end. Woo! As always, we're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter. BoyHattiePodcast.com is our website. Howdy at BoyHattiePodcast.com is the way you can contact us if so inclined. We'll be back next week to talk to y'all about Chris Pratt. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bill. Refuses. <laughs> Alright, we'll see y'all next week, friends. Isn't that just super califragilistic XBL bullshit? <laughs>